You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite NWSL club, O.L. Reign. Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Valkyries. Um, there's a lot going uh, to talk about in terms of OL Reign because one, the regular season has started, and two, there's been a lot of, of official roster announcements that have finally been official. Uh, they've been kind of like the worst kept secrets in NWL transfer rumors for a while, but uh, we're going to get to talking about those. But also joining on us on this episode of Coffee and Valkyries is Jackie Gutierrez of Women Kick Balls. Jackie, welcome to Coffee and Valkyries. How are you? Yeah, thanks so much. I'm excited. How are you? Uh, we're doing fine over here. <laughs> yeah, so many news happening to keep you all busy, so that's exciting. Yeah, so first and foremost, the biggest news is obviously the return of the regular season for the NWSL after 84 years of waiting through a pandemic and everything else. But yeah, uh, OL Reign kicked off the season hosting North Carolina Courage to a scoreless draw. Uh, fantastic defense on OL Reign's part to keep, you know, what we historically know about North Carolina Courage as being a team that can just relentlessly attack you on goal, uh, score, you know, multiple goals seemingly at will when they're in, uh, in form. But um, panel, your overall thoughts on the game on Saturday. I'm happy to start. I think you summarized it well, which is like if you had told me a year ago um, that the rain would have to open against North Carolina and that they would hold them scoreless and arguably have the better chances I would have been incredibly happy I think after the game a little frustrated that the rain couldn't finish a couple of their good chances but all in all it was nice to see a team that was dealing with um you know a few um uh, injuries in the midfield Celia had to come off in the the first half to still be as organized as they were I think was just a really good sign for a young backline that hasn't played a ton together um before this year I, I would agree. And I think even more so, like the fact that this was um, Friedman Steedy's first time facing North Carolina, this was Madison Hammond's first time facing North Carolina. It's very easy to very quickly get overwhelmed by their just kind of continual onslaught of pressure and the 500 shots that they take each game. And I think North Carolina only had five shots in the first half, which is almost unheard of. And the rain who struggled at times, especially early in the Challenge Cup this year with kind of having keeping their defensive shape really kind of seemed like they'd figured some things out in the past couple of weeks, which is encouraging going forward. Yeah, I'd have to agree with like what Steve was saying about the pressure. And I feel like with the courage because of their success in the league, um, you kind of just expect them to dominate. But I think the rain just held up so well in terms of their shots on goals and just what they were doing on the field. Um, obviously, there's room in general for improvements um, like any game. But I was just very impressed at seeing just all the action packed um, in their expression in the second half as well. So, yeah, just so many great things going on there. One thing that I, that stood out for me while I was uh, monitoring the match hashtag was how North Carolina fans uh, are uh, being that it's only the first game of the season, but still they're really lamenting uh, losing Leah Pruitt for practically nothing. And you kind of just wonder based on how she was looking on Saturday and just running up and down the field uh, to where we thought that, you know, for he told her just to empty the gas tank in the first half and then, you know, you'll sub out in the second half. But no, she kept it up uh, throughout the entire um, evening. And um, yeah, you just kind of wonder, 
uh, with the miscues that North Carolina had, um, you know, how valuable it could have been for them to have somebody like Leah Pruitt to wreak havoc because of the fact that Divinia, as great as she is, Owellrin were man uh, able to contain her influence as to what, you know, how dangerous she can be on the field. And speaking of those miscues, I think, you know, Dabinia and Kristen Hamilton bumping into each other a couple of times and building up their uh, attack. So, you know, yay, O.L. Rain for being uh, able to take a player that, you know, maybe did not get a fair shake of a uh, playing time at North Carolina and kind of really, you know, harmed them in that aspect of, you know, taking away uh, an attack, attacking option that could have flourished under such um, situations. Yeah, I was, um, like you said, I was shocked she went as long as she did because she was running so much. I thought for sure she'd lose her, lose the energy, but she she kept it up. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how she can translate that into goals. Um, I think she creates so much with, um, with that energy, with that physicality um, and had some good chances. And I know she scored already once this year before this game. So uh, I'm just really excited to see what she can do for a full season. And what was, uh, what was encouraging in the post game was how it could have been easily that they could have lamented those uh, some of those chances they had to find the back of the net. I mean, you know, there were the two chances by Jess Fishlock. There was the heater by Megan Rapino that that smokes the post, but not you know the back of the net. But Fishlock said it best. You know, they're not going to uh, lose sleep over you know the missed opportunity. The more important thing was the fact that they were creating so many uh, positive chances and you know, legitimately dangerous chances for them to score. And I remember, Susie, you were talking about how before uh, the regular season started, you wrote about how this team, you know, can score. It's all about creating those chances, you know, for those opportunities. And yeah, I, I think, you know, with the three clear-cut opportunities for them to score, they didn't convert it. But then that's one of those things that first game of the season, you know, they're kind of, they're going to work itself out. And obviously, um, with certain players that are going to be joining the team in a couple of weeks, which we'll talk about soon, um, you know, you have you have another option to convert some of those chances. I think I'm sure we'll talk about this soon as well. But one thing that I, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted the rain to have to play the courage for their first game of the season. They did, and they managed it just fine. But I also wouldn't have wanted them to have to face Portland for their next game, and here we are. Uh, but I thought it was a good test we saw the rain struggle a lot against Portland in the preseason challenge cup but I feel like they've grown so much even in those few weeks between then and now and we got to see them deal with a team that puts as much pressure on the midfield and and be okay so I'm feeling a little bit better heading into this weekend yeah I think like uh yeah I think Saturday's match um or sorry Sunday's match will be interesting just to see like you were saying Susie with Portland I mean they have just been like on fire since the challenge cup and um, what they've been doing. And so um, not that they're unpredictable, but I mean, they had a five zero win against Chicago. And so that was just kind of mind blowing to see. Um, so I think for the rain to come into this match um, against a very strong team like Portland, it's going to be like just these back to back, like really high competitive matches. So I think it will be interesting to see like um, just the results of that, especially after, you know, zero, zero draw and kind of maybe Flynn like a little stuck coming into this, but um, like you were saying, Jacob with Jess Fishlock and Megan Rapino, I feel like they just keep getting closer and closer to this finish line. So I know um, Sunday's game will be just like, you know, of course, you know, the good Cascadia rivalry, but um, I mean, what, what a good match. So that'll be very exciting. 
kind of building on those thoughts too. Um, one one thing I think that also stood out that's going to be useful for the rain in the next game is how much they they pressed high and they pressed hard. Like you were mentioning with Leah Pruitt, push running really hard all game and challenging. And I think that's going to be very valuable for them against Portland, who really likes to get players forward. Where if if they if the rain can kind of keep the ball back some and, and force the game to settle down that's going to be beneficial for them maintaining their shape and not getting caught off guard by the overwhelming attacks that Portland sends. And then also they've got the speed potentially available and players like Pruitt and Ciara King to, to counter when Portland pushes forward and has leave space available behind them. In uh, thinking about uh, Portland's opening uh, match against Chicago, we all recently saw the scoreline. They drop a nickel on them. And we know Portland is stacked and they are a well-oiled uh, machine. Is it... And, did it feel like it's a perfect? It was a perfect storm of them being that good and Chicago that bad, or is it Chicago just really had a bad day to kick off their season? Or, you know, it could it be something of a sign of things to come for them possibly having a really long season? I think that um, one of our colleagues in Portland, Caitlin Best, said it really well on Twitter, where she co commented about. Um, uh, North or not North, sorry, Chicago rolled out a four, three, three, instead of more, and instead of having four midfielders, like they traditionally do. And I don't know if that was just based on who was available. Cause Morgan Gatra was, um, serving her red card. Um, but against a team like Portland, you can't put three, only three midfielders in, in, in the midfield. You, you, that's where you need to provide the pressure. And I think um, that's just one area where I felt like Chicago broke down a lot. Um, and in particular, um, I just think Portland figured out their transition game incredibly well against Chicago. And some, you know, some of those were I mean, one play had play three players touch the ball total and maybe like all one touch or two touch. And they scored, um, from Adriana French back in goal. So I think that's where Portland has really, at least against Chicago, really figured it out. Yeah, I think another thing that that kind of got overlooked is that Portland, of course, played in the Challenge Cup final. So they've been playing every week consistently, whereas Chicago didn't play for three weeks because they had the, a bye in the final week of the round robin of the Challenge Cup. And of course, obviously did not make the final. So they, they just kind of looked out of sorts at the start and never really kind of found their footing. So I'm, I'm very glad that we did not play Portland the first week, that we actually have a, a game under our belt before we go and see them because... Or yeah, I think if you just look at the aspect of um, Portland and Sophia Smith, she continued to just go for that bottom left corner of the net and was very consistent on that. And I mean, you just see these patterns that she created and just the way her teammates also set her up very well. So I would say it's a mix of both, honestly. Maybe, yeah, Chicago just was kind of off. Um, and Alyssa Nair obviously was coming off her line a little bit more. So that obviously adds more risk to it. But yeah, definitely just crazy to see um, such an, an action-packed match of just five goals. Um, I don't know like what this weekend will look like in terms of goals, but um, I don't think it's going to be hopefully not a 0-0 draw. I think there's so much from both sides that they can give to this um, and just the momentum that, yeah, Portland has continued to have. And so I'm sure that will roll over to um, a team like like the rain where they're just kind of, you know, very hungry for that. And you see them trying and, and trying to work towards the goal, but maybe just not finishing as well as they could. So I think there's definitely going to be a lot more to it this weekend. All right. So moving on to the next piece about OL rain, um, 
Finally, they've made, uh, officially announced some of the worst kept secret uh, NWCL transfers. Uh, it seemed like it took uh, forever in the day for us to report on some of these transfers, but finally, OL Reign announced the impending arrivals of Jennifer Marujan and Sarah Buhadi. And then, uh, what, a week ago, um, they also announced the arrival of Eugenie Le Sommer uh, from uh, Lyon. So the Lyon trio going to be coming basically in about a month's time. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's obviously really exciting. And I think, I, I'm not sure yet that, that a lot of um, Rain and American fans really comprehend just how big a deal this is going to be. Like, we, you know, we've seen a lot of traction about another signing that we're going to talk about. But, but the fact that we're getting, um, you know, the, the all-time leading goal scorer for France and for Lyon coming to, to kind of play in that spot where the reign have really kind of had a hole since Jody Taylor left is, is going to be huge for, for just finishing all of the crosses and service into the box that, that um, the team is capable of providing but hasn't quite been able to kind of get that final touch. Yeah, I think Steve said it well. And uh, we actually have this new newer commenter on our site that uh, follows Leon quite a bit and has been incredibly helpful in providing some extra context and um, shared that Laisel Mare um, had some just like small injuries that she was dealing with at the end of 2020. And she's like coming into, I think in the words of the commentator or commenter, roaring form now. So I think some people may be judging her by the last year of her performance with Leon and that's not quite fair. Um, and there's still a lot to prove in coming to the NWSL. It's just a different league, but I think she's incredibly well suited for it. And I'm, I mean, not to mention like one of the best mid, two of the best midfielders in the world are coming to the rain. Um, I just think, yeah, it's a huge deal. And I'm not sure people have fully comprehended it. And I think there's a lot of questions about how well the team integrates and that's super fair. Um, but I'm nothing but excited. Yeah. I, I think I'm still in a bit of a haze, if not shocked that I think, until I see them suit up, hit the field, and play in person, it's still going to feel like a dream. Like, you know, Susie, you and I have talked about, you know, years ago, like, you know, if slash whenever Jess Fishlock hangs up the boots, of course, we naively thought that she was ever going to retire. But, like, who would be, like, the successor to a rain midfield? And, you know, I said at the time, Marajan. Now we get to see them play, reunite and play in person. Like, holy crap that is huge and then you're gonna have Buhadi come in um, and we know there's some aspects of her uh, goalkeeping game that have become kind of a meme amongst a uh, women's soccer community but she's still one of the best goalkeepers in the world then yeah uh, Lace Omer um, I've coined the phrase the undertaker Oil Rain have recognized that tweet and acknowledged it so in my book that nickname is canon now um yeah, you can't uh, undo it. Yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable that these three are going to be coming here and we're going to be seeing them. And Jackie, I can only imagine you still, you know, pretty much a rising name in women's soccer coverage and reporting. You know, you're going to be right, you know, writing about three of the most accomplished uh, footballers in the world. How, what, you know, what's, what's your reaction to, you know, these uh, roster moves officially announced and are going to be happening? Yeah, I think kind of like everyone was talking about at first, it's just like, whoa, okay, this is happening. Um, and then like really looking into it these past couple of weeks, 
um, just seeing the talent from, from that, yeah, these French international players, I mean, that's just so insane. And so, um, yeah, I think it's really exciting to see, like, even with Fareed uh, Bensidi's background and just what he brings to this club. And obviously, I feel like they're still in these past um, few seasons, you know, in this transition phase of kind of getting their feet a little bit more stable. Um, but just to see these, like, signings is so crazy. I've, obviously, like, everyone was very into um, the Roosevelt, you know, signing. But I think to have all this kind of come beforehand, it's a nice uh, – yeah, just way to like see everything unfold a little bit more. And something that I thought was really fascinating with um, what Free was saying about these players, uh, specifically when it comes to uh, Sarah Buhidi, is that he was talking about her as a goalkeeper and just saying that for her, she is I mean, 34 years old, but he was saying even at a younger age, 18 or 19, that she just had so much maturity as a player. And so I think to uh, just hear a coach say that about a player and talk about her diversity um, on the field is just really exciting. And I think it, you know, speaks a lot to this team. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Obviously it's going to get a little weird with like the Olympics and um, you know, players not being on the field and maybe not fully finding that chemistry right away. But I think there's just so much happening um, with these players and where they're at in their careers. So just to see it now come to the U S is like really exciting of just what that's going to bring to this league and um, just to the rain as they, you know, previously in their earlier seasons, um, you know, we're just very, you know, like the, the shield winners and their success with Laurel Harvey and now coming into this new era with Friedman C. It's just really exciting to see um, what that's going to bring for the future of this club and for a team like OL Reign, who has just been through so much, you know, development phases in these past few seasons. Uh, Jackie kind of uh, tipped uh, the next other uh, major player signing that OL Reign announced yesterday. But yeah, as if they weren't done by announcing finally the addition of the Leon Trio you have Rose Lavelle coming back to the NWSL. Um, for those that don't remember, naturally being that it was 2020, um, OL Reign traded for the NWSL rights to Rose Lavelle last year, uh, basically hoping that she would come back after however her longer duration at Manchester City went. And here we are, uh, WSL season is done. And uh, Rose says he's, she's coming back to the NWSL and coming back to uh, going to join up with OL Reign. Yeah, on paper, OL Reign are uh, going to field a super team. Yeah, I think that a lot of people have joked about this being a team that's probably going to score a lot of goals, but defense may be a question. I, I feel like they showed against North Carolina that maybe that's not as much of a question as people think. Um, it's a like unknown backline a little bit, but um, they have the talent to be able to hold teams. Um, and yeah, I think it, it uh, we've seen at least in our rain fan community, there's a little bit of um, concern that this is going to push other players out. And I think we've heard from the players about them wanting the best training environment possible and to learn from all of these players who are coming in, who are so accomplished, I think it's only gonna do good things for what's a really young squad. Um, aside from the veterans on the squad, it's a really young squad for the rain. So I think this is gonna be a really great year for them as well. And I think they're still gonna get plenty of time, um, but I would certainly wanna learn against all of these folks. I wouldn't wanna get nutmeg by Roosevelt, but um, I'm sure they do by Nicole Miki already right now, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, Susie, that's a great point about how Yes, this, uh, you know, the concerns about, you know, are they going to push out playing time for some of the younger players like Bethany Balser, Ziara King, Madison Hammond, Angelina, Nicole Moniki, et cetera. But here's what we know about the talent levels of those younger players. Like 
we know that they have enough, they're talented enough to, you know, get and, you know, hold on to an NWSL roster spot. But there's a whole nother level, next level, that obviously these players and so many others want to reach and ascend. But I think for a lot of them, it's like they need to see what that next level looks like. They need to, you know, see it in, a, in another player, go, you know, test their skills against them. It has to be something tangible for them to keep their, you know, to keep their drive into wanting to keep on getting better and better. They're going to get it with the Leon Trio and Rose Lavelle, you know, in terms of what she's done for the national team. So it's like you get to see it right then and there. You get to work with them, train with them train against them, you know, be on the business end of being nutmegged or, you know, have your shots blocked, all that stuff. But then they also get to pick their brains about, about the, about soccer and, you know, how, how are they reading the game and all that stuff. And I think that's the part that's like so immeasurable, but, you know, that's what can help somebody like Zara King or Bethany Balser move up to that next level because they now know what it looks like. They've gone, they've played with it and against it. And I think, you know, we've seen from their social media accounts, like while Bethany Balser was training with Leon over the off season, she and Lay Mare seem to have formed quite a friendship. And, you know, just think about what sort of insight she's getting from Lay Mare when she was there in Leon. And then when Lay Mare comes here into Tacoma and then they reunite and get to talk. And then when, Buhadi and Marajan reunite with Jess Fishlock, who has played with them. And so Fishlock, Shirley Cruz, you know, all the veterans can help them get settled into the U.S., you know, the lifestyle, the training, all that stuff, as much as they're going to learn from them and train with them about and pick their brains about, you know, being, you know, what it's like being, you know, a world-class level player. Yeah, I feel like um, Portland may be a really good example in this and that um, two years ago, I wouldn't have told you that Kelly Hubley would be a starting center back and be like the game that they played against the rain earlier this year. I thought she was the best player on the field for good parts of that game. And Simone Charlie, the same thing, you know, a couple of years ago, not sure I would have seen her play the role that she is now. And that can only speak to their experience getting um all of the support from their coaching staff, obviously, but getting to train around the players that they do. So yeah, I'm really excited. And kind of like you were saying, Jacob, I think it is a good um, opportunity to have these international players and, you know, um, with Rose Lavelle being a U.S. allocated player, I mean, not to be like the Debbie Downer of things, but there is always injuries that come up and, you know, different um, tournaments like the Olympics and whatnot. So I think, um, despite not that there's like too much talent in one thing, but I think it is a good mix for sure to have, um, like you were talking about these veteran players along with these, um, newer international signings. And I think seeing a lot of the younger players on the rain, it's just going to be such a good mesh for them to be able to learn and pick up these things. And, um, with a player like Roosevelt, who, you know, was just recently coming back from Man City. I mean, I'm sure she's learned a lot of things, um, in her time over there. And so just to see how she's going to incorporate that, um, as well will be really exciting just because, um, yeah, it's always, I think, helpful to have those experiences, but then too to be able to like work with one another and um, advocate for more change on the field um, and whatnot. So yeah, I think 
just overall so many good signings but uh yeah it'll be it'll be nice to see once all that kind of unfolds a little bit more especially with um I mean May 30th May 30th she might already be playing against the spirit so um what a good match to like tune into if that's something where she's able to make her debut then yeah and also uh I think people uh it's easy to forget that this season NWSL games every team is allowed up to five subs so they're able to keep in theory, you know, rotating talent in so you can have make, you know, as best you can get minutes for everybody, not put too much stress on, you know, one player or another player, you know, and run the risk of them getting injured. Did anything else stand out to any of you in the first weekend of a NWSL regular season that you would like to talk about? All right, I'm taking this uh, awkward silence as a no. So we'll move on to the fun stuff, and that is getting to know you, Jackie. Um, so we do have a series of questions that we've uh, ran uh, OL Rain players through. So we think it's only fair, being that you are a special guest, that uh, you have to run the battery as well. All right, let's go for it. <laughs> okay, so if you were in charge of the Match Day playlist, what three songs are you putting on there? Oh man. Okay. We're going with these kinds of questions. I love it. Yeah. Um, let me look at my Spotify playlist really quick. Um, yeah, I would say, gosh, top three songs. Um, gosh, this is a good Artists one. are allowed to, if you want to yeah. do that. Like, okay. And, and also, um, and also disclaimer, like whenever we've sent, asked this question to rain players, they've, some of them have had time to think about it, but even then okay. they only, um, <laughs> kind of choke up in the moment. <laughs> Um, yeah, good to know the feelings mutual, but I would definitely say Bruno Mars, um, Uptown Funk is just classic go-to. Um, like I said, I'm looking at my workout playlist right now. So not that I work out a whole lot, but I feel like that's some good inspiration. Um, yeah, I would say this is kind of random and a throwback one, but like Earth, Wind and Fire, I don't know. I feel like I get some, you know, good like pump up vibes from them. So I don't know if that's been um, said before, but that's another one I would go with. And um, this is just, yeah, another song that I listen to when I work out, but it is um, Can't Hold Us by Macklemore. So yeah, I feel like those are just some easy go-tos that I can think of. Okay. So some good, got some good beats to get like <laughs> pump for, yeah. Yeah, okay, you see, yeah, the earth went on fire. I know it sounds weird off the bat, but yeah. If a movie was going to be made about your life, Jackie, who would you want to play you? Oh, man. Um, this is a good question, and I haven't thought of it before. Um, I don't know. I feel like this may be like a basic answer just because she's like kind of in the soccer world of things. But um, like Natalie Portman, I feel like she's just a talented actress in general. Um, but also just has like a lot of resiliency to her. So yeah, I guess I would go with that. Who was the rain player that said Natalie Portman for their biopic? Susie or Steve, do you guys remember? <laughs> I don't remember, but I do remember it coming up. Yeah, yeah someone said it. this year, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long year. So yeah, it's been a long year. Okay. Um, and this is the one question that has divided the old rain locker room. Um, oh, man. <laughs> where do you, Jackie, stand on pineapple on pizza? Oh, okay. This, 
so glad you asked this question um i am a fan of it like i'm hardcore like pineapple on pizza um do i need to explain myself or like no anything you can okay if you want to but i just feel like you can't go wrong i don't know um yeah I, i'll just go with that <laughs> okay, that's fine you know Maybe. who can talk about it for a while with you is bethany balser so if you ever oh. get an interview with her bring it up right. she'll be happy yeah, I just recently had one with her. So oh, shoot, she warned you. Time. It's okay. <laughs> and, and if you and if you want to hear a monologue on the uh, being against it, uh, ask Jess Fishlock about it. All right, good to know ahead of time. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, Jackie, like in um, in terms of uh, covering and uh, women's soccer in NWSL for you, how's been? How's the journey been for you up to this point? Oh yeah, it's been it's been a wild journey. Um, I've actually been, yeah, covering or like wanting to cover women's soccer since I was 17 years old. Which I know if a lot of people see me see me, they still think I'm 17 because I just look so young. But uh, I'm coming up on like five or six years now, so it's been a bit. Um, and I would say, like I'm sure as you all know, it's a lot of hard work and being glued to your computer for a long periods of time and trying to watch multiple games and there's like five games in a weekend so um it's been very exciting i actually first heard about the nwsl um through a former rain player um beverly Honest. and so um i think just having that connection with her or she's from my hometown our moms are co-workers like very random but um i heard about that um from my mom in high school and like my mom just nonchalantly said like hey my co-worker's daughter plays with hope solo and at the time I only knew about, you know, the US national team. And I was like, what? Like, this is so crazy. Like no one is from Bruno Valley. And so just having that connection with her, I think just really inspired me. Like anything is possible, even if, you know, you don't fully see that right away at 17. I mean, you're still like a baby, you know? So um, yeah, it's been a wild journey, but I think these past few years of um, starting the entrepreneurial route with women kickballs and documenting the NWSL and the US Women's national team has been uh, such a fun ride, very challenging, and just learning new things along the way. And yeah, it's always nice to come across other people who are in the same boat of covering the league and who just um, are very passionate about that. So it's difficult, but definitely worth it. So if anyone is thinking about covering, um, I'm all about that. <laughs> what uh, like better player to share your hometown with than Dev Canis? Just yeah, like a legend in the rain world, and as we have always said, like one of the nicest humans in the world too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that was just always like a fun um, connection, and she was just very helpful and always supporting me. And and um, yeah, she's so nice. And so I think just seeing, um, I mean, already I was obviously a fan of women's soccer, but I think seeing that personal side to these players was just an inspiration of like, hey, like you're in this and like, here's just the interactions that you're gonna come across. And so, um, yeah, just such a great experience. Are you aware of the nickname that Jacob created for her that took on a legend of its own? No, I'm not, let's hear it. So uh, the nickname that um, I came up with at, uh, when she was playing with the rain, um, it, was, it was inspired by a playoff of a game where she came off the bench and it was pretty much like her first touch on the ball. If I, it, it's a goal that I think um, I think was the leading goal, if not the goal that kind of pretty much put the game to rest against uh, the Washington Spirit. But yeah, it just uh, instinctively just came up with uh, the nickname "The Sunshine Assassin," <laughs> and um, love it. Th that also apparently is part of Rain Cannon because 
it was used in um, a comic book that a local artist uh, had compiled for for the rain and was like given to season ticket holders. And seeing that actually being on like on a poster in a in a comic book um, was just kind of hilarious and kind of weird. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like very like the perfect nickname. Yeah, but uh, also I'm also just like smiling at just how the wholesomeness of how your mom relays to you that her coworker has a daughter that you know, oh yeah she, she plays soccer with yeah like so nonchalant right <laughs> which is which very much is fitting the mold of like the times that we've gotten to know and chat with uh Bevian as herself it's, it's just so unassuming like yeah I play soccer you know I'm a pro cool <laughs> yeah that's like the perfect description of that because it really was so nonchalant and um, being in high school, like I actually grew up playing goalkeeper. And um, so it's funny because whenever I did, I always felt like I was embracing these hope solo vibes. And so when she said that, I was just like, what, like, that's all you got for me. There's nothing more. And so I sent her back out and said, give me some more info. Like I need to know this right now. And so then she explained, and that's how I heard about at the time, obviously it was Seattle rain, but um, that's always been like, you know, just, I think, yeah, a huge inspiration. And I actually grew up, like I said, playing soccer. And um, I unfortunately just stopped playing during my senior year of high school due to some health reasons. And I just always remember like when I would come home, there were some days where it was really tough physically to to get myself out of bed or things like that. And Bev, she would, so, so kind and like so much like effort that she put into it, but she would write me notes or send me autographs and stickers. And she would give them to her mom and then it would get down the train to my mom and then my mom would give them to me so I'd come home with these random souvenirs and so I always uh I think I still have some like probably underneath my bed or something in this box but I remember one of them was just encouraging of like keep going after your dreams and yeah her and her mom I remember she um had told me that they wanted to like read my website together and so she was like they like made this appointment to like read my, my blog at the time. And um, she had just messaged me about that. And I was just like, so blown away. So I think, again, it goes to the testament of just these players and who they are as people. And that's always so exciting to, to be a part of and to cover. So um, yeah, the woman's game, it just, it hits different. <laughs> Is there like a, a quote or a story that um, you've told that like really sticks with you or you're most proud of? Yeah, um, that's a good, a good question. I would say I usually tell the story to people, but um, at 17 years old, people are like, what the heck? Like, you know, you're still figuring out life. Like, how did you know you want to be a sports journalist? And um, so I always tell the story how my uncle Joe, he one day asked me that question. And my uncle Joe, I described him as being crazy in the sense of like, he just has really big ideas. Like this guy for holidays will make, you know, a life-size catapult and will launch bowling balls and watermelons from it or we'll have like marshmallow gun fights, like crazy stuff like that. So um, my uncle Joe asked me what I want to do after high school. And I had just said, I want to be a sports journalist, women's soccer. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I think that'd be really cool. And he said, Jack, you got to start getting writing experience right now. Let's get you a website. And he was just like, again, gun ho, like you need to start writing. And I think throughout my, my experience, he just pushed me in the best ways possible. And I consider him like this, like business mentor, even though he's not even like, um, a soccer person. Well, he is now because of me, but um, I just think like seeing my uncle Joe and like at 17, that was such a wild thing because I was like, who's going to read this stuff? And um, like, no one probably cares than my parents. Like, you know, those were literally the two people reading it, my uncle Joe. So I think just to have a mentor and like a cheerleader like that 
um, has always been like just one of my favorite things about this, because I'm sure as you all know, it can get kind of lonely and exhausting, not exhausting, but like lonely in the sense of like, at times you're working really hard and covering a game and um, it's a lot of electronics in your face or things like that. And so, um, yeah, it's just a lot of hard work and I wasn't really prepared for that, but I was totally ready to go for it and dedicated. So um, to be here, yeah, now six years later and just, I always reflect on that time when my uncle Joe was like, just do it. And I was like, what the heck? But now it's like, oh yeah, I'm so grateful for that. Um, especially being in grad school for journalism. There's some of my classmates who are now getting their feet wet with what they want to cover. And so I'm just very grateful to have that Uncle Joe in my life. And I always encourage people um, to find their Uncle Joe because you just never know what possibilities can come your way. So yeah, that's a long answer of just like the starting ground that's definitely um, have has shaped me throughout my you know journalism career. You excited to be able to go home next year to attend games in Southern California? <laughs> oh yeah, I've been waiting for it. I mean, yeah, since high school, it's like, you only got to go to LA when the US Women's National Team is in town and now it's going to be like the new norm. So um, yeah, I went to my first NWSL game actually just, uh, yeah, the beginning of this Challenge Cup. And so that was very exciting, but to have that as your norm, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So a lot of good good stuff there. And of course, when the player rosters come out for that, um, that's going to be so wild, but just really fun to be able to capture a woman's soccer kind of like in your own backyard. We might have to do a Coffee and Valkyries episode where we reunite with uh, Bev Yanez, but we got to have you on so that way it can be the most wholesome reunion ever. And then we'll just <laughs> sit back and just, uh, you know, have you two swap stories and um, just, you know, share a little bit about your friendship to uh, OL Rain fans in the podcast world. Um, because hearing just that little snippet about you know how you uh, have become friends with her was just really awesome. And it's like, yep, that's very much Bevianes based on our uh, time and our privilege of being able to cover her when she was playing. Yeah, for sure, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, and I think too, just like the rain—not to sound all biased—but I think the rain culture, like you see that in those players, and so that's what's so. Um, yeah, just fascinating about the NWSL and seeing those personal um, connections and just player personalities and yeah, a small world of being in, you know, from the same hometown as someone like super random, but just kind of all like the best possibilities mixed into one. You mentioned that you played goalkeeper um, in high school. Has that always been your position throughout uh, your childhood or was it just something that kind of fell into your lap or um because it seems like whenever we've talked to goalkeepers, it's never really been like the position they started out with. And some, <laughs> I think Cosette Morche said like she's always want, she's always played goalkeeper, but you know, famously, Hope Solo was a forward, but then you know, they needed her uh, at goalkeeper, and she just stuck with it. Has it always been that uh, that way for you? Actually, no. I I mean, I started playing out um, actually, yeah, forward, and then I went to defense. Um, and that was my jam for a while. And then I think I would just randomly do this at practice where I'd like go in the net and be like, oh, let's see who can like block the shot or whatever. And I would just try to like, yeah, keep the ball away. And it kind of just stuck where I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. Um, being that I'm five, two or at the time, probably even shorter because I was in high school. Um, yeah, I don't have much, you know, going for me there, but I just thought it was so fun. And, um, I feel like I was decent at it just because you can kind of read the game, um, 
from a different angle there. So yeah, it wasn't like anything where I was like, I'm going to be a goalkeeper when I play soccer. It just kind of like happened, which I feel like is pretty common, um, but just so fun. And yeah, someone like Hope Solo, where I was like, not that I'm going to be the next Hope Solo, but like you might as well just like embrace the Hope Soloness in being a goalkeeper. So um, that's what I did um, to my claim to fame there. But yeah, that's kind of just how that happened. Was there a shot that you remember saving like that sticks out uh, well with you? Oh gosh, no. I feel like, not that I'm like getting old or anything like that, but that just feels so long ago that it's hard to like fully think about that. Um, yeah, goalkeeping was something I did like, like if they needed it or if I was like, yeah, I really want to play, then I would do it. Um, but nothing like crazy where I was put up, you know, in the PKs or anything like that. I always left the other better goalkeepers up to that. Um, they had more hope um, in getting us a win. So, yeah, it was just something that I would do when I was like kind of low risk, you know, games or things like that. Got it. So got put in a few, uh, got put in a few matches in mm -hmm. high school when we like, knew we were going to win like 15 to nothing or something. <laughs> They're like, Susie, go and goal. Um, and I was still always so terrified. So <laughs> I did not have the mentality for a goalkeeper. It's <laughs> funny, 15 zero. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes in those games when you're like, oh, like we have a pretty good chance of winning. That's when you're like, oh, I feel like super good about goalkeeping. Yeah, why not? And then you like don't even touch the ball once. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's the best kind of moment to, to like, you know, just like embrace Sorry, Jacob, I think I cut you off. No, it's all right. Um, so I think that's pretty much it for us in terms of, uh, you know, getting to know you and you sharing a little uh, a bit about yourself, Jackie. So being that you are our guest and it's a comment, it's what we do with all of our guests on Coffee and Valkyries is we leave the last word uh, to our guests. So the last word is yours. Uh, this is where you can do a shout out tell people where to find you where to find your work floor is yours oh man okay so no pressure um yeah i would say so for one kickballs that's an independent news source that i founded back in 2018 and so um i'm very grateful for people reading it because like i said i never thought people other than my parents and my uncle joe would read it so um yeah there's actually a way where you can subscribe to the newsletter and get free and accessible content to um, articles within the NWSL and US Women's National Team. So um, yeah, if you subscribe at womankickballs.com, um, I actually send you a sticker if you fill out the subscribe form. So um, yeah, people can subscribe. I just recently did an entire like branding redesign and uh, came out with a new logo. So um, not to like flex or anything, but people really wanting this new logo sticker. So if you want one, um, you can get it when you subscribe to womankickballs.com. And yeah, every social media outlet that I have, Instagram, Twitter, um, I think like Facebook and Pinterest. I know people don't really use that anymore, but those are all at Woman Kick Balls. So um, yeah, I appreciate the support and just really want to make, um, you know, accessible content for fans and players. I'm sure you all know with, um, yeah, these like weird TV deals and um, trying to stay on top of the news. It can be hard when you want to read an article and you're like, two sentences in and you get, you know, a paid subscription like thing pop up. So I want to make it a way where people can just enjoy that content and um, yeah, just be personal with, with those who read it. So um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Don't be ashamed about flexing about your uh, rebrand because uh, <laughs> it's a hell of a lot cooler rebrand than what uh, the Columbus crew have done or try to do. 
<laughs> Thanks. That means a lot. Should have called you. Should have called you. <laughs> exactly. Hilarious. <laughs> so, Jackie, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us and uh, join in the discussion about uh, Oil Rain's uh, first weekend, the major player signings, and all that stuff. So, again, thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, yes, please, listeners, check out Jackie's work at Women Kickballs. Um, it's always fantastic to get to know a new voice in uh, the women's soccer game and whatever we can do to help uh, signal boost uh, your work as uh, you uh, make your way and rise through the ranks. Yeah, thanks so much. I appreciate it and super um, grateful to be able to chat with you all. So thanks again. And yes, we will try to have you and uh, Bevianes back on. So <laughs> we can just sit back and have the most wholesome re uh, reunion ever. Oh man, yeah, that'll be fun. A good old mobile reunion. So yeah, you never know what you can get with that. <laughs> we are here with OL Rain defender Sam Hyatt and Madison Hammond. This is actually Madison's second time being on Coffee and Valkyries. And this is Sam's uh, debut on the podcast. So ladies, welcome to Coffee and Valkyries. Thank you for having us. It's fun for me to be back. Um, I love doing these and I'm really happy to be with my roommate, Sam. Yes, thank you for having us. And it's my first time, but like she said, I'm excited that my first time gets to be with my roomies, so. Awesome. Well, first and foremost, how are you two doing? And uh, how is the team doing with regards to preparing for Sunday's match uh, down at Portland? Yeah, um, I think we're all pretty pumped. Um, I think that we were happy with the result against North Carolina. I think it would have been great to pull out a win. We had plenty of opportunities to do so. So I think that it's just a good indication of where we're at coming out of the Challenge Cup. And um, as a team, I just think things are falling more and more together. All the pieces are fitting together. And I don't know, I'm just really pumped to go play Portland again. Um, I feel like we play Portland quite a bit, but I'm really excited to get down there this weekend and come back with a win. I think we've been getting better every week too, even just throughout the Challenge Cup and then going into our first game of the season. And like you said, it would have been nice to get a win, but I think there are definitely a lot of positives we had that we can build on too. Um, and Portland game is always exciting. So it's fun getting ready for that. Madison, that was your first time getting to play against North Carolina um, since the team hasn't played them since 2019. Um, just, I guess, what did you think? They're a tough team, obviously, to play against, but what did you think the team did particularly well in that match? I think going into that match, I was just so prepared to have to run so much. And um, I think it was true and also not as much as I thought it would be. Um, I thought we just defended really well and we played really smart with our defensive shape. And I think that, you know, it's like every line for North Carolina, there's just really great players. And so um, to be able to play against those players was amazing, but at the same time, it was nice to kind of break them down, go at them um, and kind of just match them. I felt like we matched them for their intensity. Um, so yeah, it definitely, um, I don't even know. You what, got the like, shutout too. Yeah, we got always, the shutout. I think that good. was like really exciting. I think for me, you know, when I was started at center back, I was like, okay, no goals today. And then I was and like, there were okay, no goals. No goals. 
not an easy feat at all against North Carolina. So definitely something to be proud of. Sam, you get to see, you um, haven't got a chance to make your rain debut yet, but got to see it, um, you know, from a different perspective, um, from, uh, from your perspective as well. What did you see on the field against North Carolina? I would say from the outside looking in, also, I was able to obviously, I was like at practice and I could see how we prepared for North Carolina. Um, and then to watch, like I said, it was exciting to watch my fellow defenders and the whole team really, because it was a team effort defensively, um, get the shutout, that was great. But I think we did a good job of executing the things that we wanted to in terms of our game plan. Um, and I think we did create some good chances too. Obviously the game goes a little differently if we get one or two of those in, but I think we did a good job on defense as a team really, but also, like I said, gotta give credit to my roomie and center back here, so. And with regards to you yet uh, seeing the field uh, in 2020, uh, 2021, Sam, um, just overall, how are you feeling uh, as we talk right now? I'm happy to report that I'm feeling great. I had a bit of a concussion that has been lingering um, these past couple weeks, so I haven't been able to play in any of the games, but I'm feeling so much better now and have been training fully these past couple days. So now I'm just really looking forward to continuing to train and getting into a game. She'll be so exciting when she gets back on the field. I'm more than ready to play. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that's great news to hear um, on, on, on the health front, because you know, it's been such a crazy, you know, last year was just crazy for everybody. And you know, in thinking about how both of you had, you know, thought of maybe dreamt about how your you know your first professional season as a you know as a pro was gonna go about it obviously went about in the weirdest imaginable way possible have either of you been able to just kind of reflect on you know what that you know quote-unquote first year was uh like for you and just you know you know put it all into words if you can i would just say i'm very grateful that to be here on this team because i was actually drafted while I was a couple weeks post-surgery for a hip surgery. So I didn't really think it was even an option to get drafted at that point. And the rain was fortunate enough to, or I'm fortunate enough that they decided to, I guess, like take a chance on me and still let, draft me, even though they knew I wasn't gonna be able to play for a little while. Um, and then I think it turned into a little bit longer than we all were expecting. But I spent most of last year rehabbing and I was really just excited to join this team environment in the fall, in the fall series, and then experience this first preseason here in 2021 with the team. Um, and I think I'm just very fortunate to be on this particular team because everyone's been amazing and super welcoming. And I think I'm pretty biased, but there's nowhere else I'd rather be spending my first year and a half rookie, rookie and a half year. So year 1.5 year, year is what we've been calling it. So. <laughs> And Sam, you have, you grew up here. So you um, obviously are coming home for, to join the rain. Have you been showing Madison some of the sites and some of your favorite places? Yes, I think it's been, I'm from Bellevue, Newcastle. So sometimes I will be able to say like, oh, this is something local that I know. But at the same time, it's been really fun because I don't know Tacoma that well, or I didn't before moving here. So we've been able to go on some adventures and explore things together. But at the same time, I have taken her to Seattle and Bellevue and been like, look at this. This is where I went to high school. This is my house where I grew up in. So I'd say it's a little bit of adventures for the both of us and also showing her around. So 
So with the the craziness of last year, you know, with the pandemic and obviously uh, the team, but also the league in general, not being able to play so many games, uh, hardly any games, and let alone in front of any fans. Uh, Sam, fans haven't yet to actually see you on the field. So how would you describe your style of play? Um, I would describe my style of play as I'm a center back, obviously, but I like to play. Um, and I think that's something that from club soccer through to playing at Stanford has just been something ingrained in me, um, just playing a possession-oriented game, which I think works well with the team here because we also like to play and keep the ball. And so I'm excited to hopefully start playing soon and get to do some of that. Um, I One thing that uh, we've had the chance, obviously, to speak to a lot of your rain teammates and um, Jasmine Spencer uh, said that one of the strengths of the team for years has been how diverse it is and how um, committed each player is to celebrating and empowering everyone on the team. Um, I guess, can each of you talk about how integral that environment has been for you in terms of settling in um, to a new team, a new environment? I'll go first. Um, I mean, for me, I think it's everything. Um, I think it creates a space where for me, I haven't always had that on a team. And so to kind of, I mean, playing professionally is like team on steroids because it's not only what you do because you love it, it's what you do because it's your job. And so I think because we have such a diverse roster um, and staff and organization, I think that it lends itself to just accepting each other and supporting each other. And I think that it kind of erases these boundaries of like veteran, rookie, starter, non-starter, because everybody has different reasons to support everyone. So it might not always be on the field. It might be off the field. It might be, you know, just taking time to get to know people outside of just soccer. And I think that it creates an environment that's just really inviting and I think for both of us as young players, it really allows us, both of our personalities to come out more, which I think only makes us better on the field. Yeah, I agree. I think that the leaders on our team have done a really good job establishing like our culture and this environment of support and supporting everyone, um, like you said, on and off the field. And I think an environment where everyone can be themselves and not worry about how other people are going to judge or think about them just fosters an environment where people can be comfortable and like you said our personalities can come out and that ultimately it does help us on the field and I think every team I've been on the closest teams off the field were the ones that I felt had the most success on the field and I know people always say that but I do think it's true that if you are able to build those connections in the locker room and with everyone you are that much more comfortable and then can play better together as well. You just talked about like let, allowing your personalities to shine. Um, you're now, your roommates are getting to know each other. Um, so what is like one thing maybe that you love about one another now that you've gotten to get to know each other? Hmm. Do you want to go first? No. <laughs> um, I love having Madge as my roommate and I love her because she supports me when I need to be supported. She's my number one hype woman, but also she's very honest with me and we have a good 
relationship to the point where she can be honest and tell me something that maybe I don't want to hear, but I need to hear, you know, like with love. And I really respect her opinion. So I always want to hear when she has things to say like that too. So I appreciate you. Yeah. I feel like, um, I've known Sam my whole life. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have a very codependent relationship. Like it, we, it, we just work so well together. And I think that, you know, we have the perfect personalities to like, we have a ton of energy and then we want to chill. We want to chill. And so I don't think that, I don't know. I feel like Sam's somebody you don't come across all the time. So I'm very grateful that she's my roommate and I also love her. So. Who is um, obviously when it comes to roommates, there's someone that's stronger than the other and, and some things about uh, living together. So who is um, the messier roommate i don't think we're messy yeah is the thing i think that we have different like not different we just because we work so well together if it's messy i feel like i'm the one that hits the wall quicker of like everything needs to be clean now and then i'll join you i'll follow (laughs) or but it's also not unusual like you'll come home and i'll just be cleaning the kitchen yeah or i'll come home and you're like i vacuumed the living room (laughs) i'm like okay like i'll load the dishwasher then but or there but then there will be times where like uh, we're trying to watch a show and i start doing the dishes and sam's like just sit down like no i have to do the dishes now so put the pan down (laughs) was um a phrase that was spoken i think yesterday yesterday so um is there ever a conflict over uh, what's on the TV? Like Sam's watching something, Madison wants to watch something, or you guys have yeah. enough devices to... It's always, um, so what show are we watching? Yeah, what are we, watching, what are we tonight? watching tonight? <laughs> we have similar tastes though, so it works out. Is there anything that um, a, a series you're watching right now? <laughs> <laughs> We're watching this Spanish so- show called The Innocent. Um, Innocente. Innocente um yeah it's pretty melodramatic but there's a lot going on really keeps you on the edge of your seat keeps us on the edge of the couch (laughs) for sure sounds like the best kind of show where can we find this show it's on netflix okay i'm gonna transition a little bit back to soccer um though it's very fun getting to know you both as well um you have portland coming up like you said Face them a lot. Last time, obviously not the outcome you wanted. Um, what, I mean, I think the answer is always, we've got to play our game plan, right? We've just got to play our style of play. But um, I guess I have a two-part question. Are there pieces of how you faced North Carolina that you feel like you can really take to Portland? Um, and then just what else is the team really thinking about preparing for this match this weekend? I think that even though we're playing a different team, I think how organized we were, especially defensively, that's something that we can bring with us, honestly, into the rest of the season. Um, Even though it might be a different formation we're facing or a different team, we can still work on being organized and cohesive throughout the lines. And then, I don't know, also I feel like when it's Portland too, you can prepare tactically, but you also have to prepare mentally just because it's going to be such an intense game, especially going down there into that environment. And so I think the mental preparation is as important as the tactical, physical preparation, because you really do need to be ready to fight and play as hard as you can. So Yeah, that was kind of what I was going to say, that the I think the biggest thing that we want to put in that fight, you know, it's 
it is a rivalry game, rivalry game. And I think that, you know, last time it didn't feel like a rivalry game because, you know, other reasons, you know, it wasn't the result we wanted, but we know we're a really good team and I know we can beat them. Sam knows we can beat them too. (laughs) So I think that it's just, you know, bringing that dirtier side of the game that is really fun, but something that we need to bring when we go down there. I was just saying recently when the Sounders face the Timbers, like I feel like rain, thorns, Sounders, Timbers, uh, it's like 50% tactics and 50% just like you put all that out the window and you just fight for it. So excited to watch that. And one thing that Susie and I have talked about in regards to the Challenge Cup game when you guys went down to Portland and obviously the result was not in your favor, but we one thing that we stood out to us was how that was the first time really like in your case, Madison, I think also in Leah Pruitt's case, that was the first time you guys had played down there, but there was fans, you know, in the stands for it. It wasn't a full house, but still thinking about how, you know, the fall series last year, the team did go down to Portland, but you know, no fans in, in the stands. So it's, it's a whole new layer of like really understanding and learning what, you know, how, what that rivalry game is. And I feel like, you know, that's one of those lessons that you, uh, the team just had to learn, you know, during the Challenge Cup is, you know, this is what it, what the rivalry is when there are people in the stands, you know, making that noise for Portland, making the noise against against uh, the team. And then, and I think it's probably good that you, it's a quick turnaround from that as to, you know, they, they're the next game that you guys, you know, it's still fresh in the team's mind. Um, my, and I guess another follow-up question would be, does what Portland did to Chicago dropping five goals in them like alter or you know the team's preparation for, uh, for Sunday or is it one of those like you guys know you guys know that they uh, can score and you know but you guys are that much confident that you can uh, limit their attack I literally think my first response was like well good thing they got them all got them all out then <laughs> just because I mean their forwards are incredible like mm-hmm. you know you have to give them that respect. You know, they're really talented and they come from everywhere. Um, literally on the field, I feel like I turn around and there's like three more coming. But I, my literal first response is like, well, I'm glad they got all those out of the way because I'm not planning on giving them any of those this weekend. Also, like you said, we've played Portland so much too. It's no news really that they have amazing goal scorers and that goals can come from everywhere. So I don't think it necessarily changes anything we're doing. One of the things that um, I'm going to switch a little bit as well. One of the things that um, Jacob and I have talked a lot about, I'm sure you feel a lot about is um, that we're starting to see more investment in women's sports um, across the board. And we're seeing the WNBA is once again, getting more TV viewerships. Um, And uh, I think that in many ways, you just have to normalize women's sports being on TV, um, being marketed. Um, so Jacob had proposed this fun question. It's a fill in the, if it's a fill in the blank one for you both, um, how would you answer this fill in the blank question? Normalize blank about women's sports. If I could tweak it a little bit, I guess I would say normalize investing in women's sports. I guess that's not about women's sports, but I think it's really cool seeing all these big names investing in women's sports, but it's also one of the things where I would like it would also be great if we could get to the point where it's not such a huge deal to have famous 
male athletes investing in women's sports organizations just because it's a woman's team. So if that was just something that was more regular and not as much of a crazy news announcement, then I think that would be cool. I think I would just say, um, I'm going to kind of tweak it as well, but like normalize hyping up women's sports. You know, I just want to get to a point when it's not kind of like Sam just said, it's not um, impressive when you support women's sports. You know, it's something that you do because you support the leagues they're in, you support the individual players, and it's something where that hype and excitement that you get from sports in general is, is something that women can provide as well. And, you know, for all of the cool and dope things that men do in their sports, there are just as many, if not more, from women's sports. So I think I would just say normalize the hype. Just athletes doing cool things, not necessarily women athletes doing. Yeah, I was, if, if I were answering this question, which I guess I just am right now, because um, you both kind of sparked it in me, I feel like people cover women's sports sometimes when there's controversy or maybe when there's a final, but like the consistent coverage still isn't there. And that's like normalized, just like being there reporting on it, just like any other game um, consistently is um, something that I still would love to see more of. Jacob, should we move on to a couple of our fun questions? Do you have some other tactical questions? No, I'm looking at our, uh our format list. And yeah, I think we're about there where we can start uh, with the fun questions. And um, being that this is her first time being on the podcast, I think it's only fair that Sam uh, runs through the battery of the fun questions that um, Madison has uh, answered before and as has so many other uh, OL Reign teammates. So if a movie was going to be made about your life, Sam, who would you want to play you? I don't know any Filipino actresses, otherwise I would say them. I'm not gonna say Zendaya because I know, <laughs> I know a couple other people who've said that. Um, I really, I love Grey's Anatomy and I love Christina Yang. So maybe I'll say Sandra Oh. Okay. That's There's, all on that one. <laughs> I don't know that many um, Filipina or Filipina descent actresses as well, but I do know Haley Steinfeld is of Filipina descent. Not, that's just good to know. Okay. Um, Sam, if you were in charge of the team's match day playlist, what three songs or artists are you putting on there? Well, <laughs> uh, hmm. well, I think because there's a difference between maybe like what I would listen to versus what I would play if I was in charge of the locker room playlist because you want to play songs that would get people going. Mm -hmm. So I think. Itty no, bitty, no, what is, number one. Oh, <laughs> what is getting Sam Hyatt oh, hyped no. for this game? No, he said if I was in charge of the. <laughs> but if it gets if it gets you hyped, then you would think hopefully that it gets everyone else on the team hyped. I would still say itty bitty piggy because it's a classic, and our very own Zira gave quite the performance to it the other day already. Um, Cash it, Megan Thee Stallion <laughs> is a personal favorite of mine. And then I've been listening to a lot of Nicki Minaj recently, so maybe something else, maybe like, maybe like Monster or something Ooh, like that. That's, that's like, oh, that's yeah, that, that'll be my third. That look, that's a good one. Okay. Madison, do you remember what you said to this question? I don't. 
I, I, I don't remember. What would you say today? Probably, it was probably waves. Like oh, wave. it was probably that. It was probably pop that. And probably Itty Bitty Piggy would be on it now because um, the fact that that is no longer on YouTube and that I don't have to go to YouTube to play it anymore and I can play it on my streaming is just phenomenal. <laughs> you did just say a song that you did say uh, when we asked you this question last year, um, Pop That. That was one of the ones that you uh, said to us last year. The other two were Lose Control by Missy Elliott. Oh, yeah. That um, one's on the warm-up CD because of me. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one that you said at the time was a Nice For What by Drake. I would, I would accept all of those as well. <laughs> okay, this is the question that has uh, arguably split the Oil Rain uh, locker room, Sam. Where do you stand on pineapple on pizza? Just as a blanket statement, I'm not a very picky eater, so I will eat anything. So I personally don't mind pineapple on pizza. Like, I'll eat it. I love a good slice of Hawaiian. But I would not say it's my go-to. I'm more of a so margarita I think she arugula be, person. I think so. she might be the first person who is, like, right down the middle on that. Because everybody else is, like, I mean, I'm team pineapple on pizza. But, like. I mean, I guess, like, yeah, like, I like pineapple on pizza. Yeah, because it's good. Yeah. I just wouldn't say it's, like, my go-to. But right. I like it. I don't think it's yeah. my go-to to either but like I think I'm pineapple if I had yeah. the side is being definitely on pineapple side you said margarita is that is that your favorite or of that kind of variety yeah something uh, like I like a little prosciutto arugula burrata mm. type mm. <laughs> tomato yeah garlic have Love. either of you Loves garlic. Heard, have either of you heard Kelsey Hedges um I guess unique twist on pineapple on pizza no so she provided i think quite possibly the most nuanced uh take on it was that she'll eat it but rather she'll let the pizza cook with the pineapple but then take out the pineapple but just enjoy uh enjoy the juices that you know are released from it um from the cooking and then does she eat the pineapple separate or is it just is that the use of the pineapple. I think I think that's just I think she just discards the actual pineapple chunks. I think but... she's team pineapple. She just doesn't know it. Yeah. That's interesting. Honestly, I'm gonna follow up on that tomorrow because now I'm curious. <laughs> and then on so the most ex on the uh, most extreme yes for pineapple and pizza amongst your uh, teammates that we've uh, gotten them on the record. Bethany Balser is pro pineapple and pizza, and Jess Fishlock is extreme anti neither of those surprising. answers surprised me <laughs> uh sam did mention zendaya um and that was your that was your answer obviously madison but jacob and i are wondering because it was also ali watts answer and we know that she's quite a big fan so if you were go, gonna go up against her in a trivia contest who would win about zendaya Okay, I uh, <laughs> I honestly think Allie would win, mostly because I think she would. There are like I don't even know. She would just win. <laughs> she would I like you beat me into a corner to win this win <laughs> that trivia. If that's the right answer. And so I don't want to say that I would, and then 
she hears this and she's gonna come square up because then it, we would probably then then have, still have to have a zendaya trivia for ali to prove yeah i would zendaya i would um, i would lose so ali watts not competitive at all is no, what you're saying no. yeah none of, none of us are competitive us right are. Well, pro sports is, weird it, it is one of our goals for as as far as our our coverage of the team it would be to host a zendaya trivia contest between you, Madison, and and Allie Watt, just to so we can actually get it on the record and crown a winner. You know, I just think that she's just gonna demolish me. You got it. <laughs> Go, Madison. Well, it might be something that uh, uh, you and Allie might have to. I guess train for over the course of this season, and we can uh, come revisit and possibly do it something like in the it off season. Be like MCAT prep, LSAT prep, Zendaya trivia. Exactly. Prep. I'll be your training buddy. I'll help you out. We'll make some flashcards. Because because we feel like this would work really well if we can get to that level where where we can all you know do things in person and like just kind of film this uh, this trivia contest. Like it'd be a lot a lot of fun for people for OL Rain fans to watch. It would be great. You know, one thing that you have on Allie Watt is um, obviously you're a defender and she's not, but you have played, I think, at this point, Madison, have you played every spot on the back line this year? <laughs> Leave me alone, bro. <laughs> Literally, when I got moved to right back at halftime, when I go in the locker room, she goes, you just keep moving one step right on the back line. <laughs> like that is the first thing that I said to her when she walked into the locker room as well. And so. I was like, I know the next step is the bench, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think you, I, we, I asked you this question earlier this year. Um, and your answer was wherever someone wants me to play, I'm going to play. But is there a spot that you like better on the back line? Um, if I like had to pick, you know, ever in my life I would love to play the six again at some point before my soccer career ever ends I played it when I was um younger and I just love it in there but um yeah I actually really like outside back I played there all of college um and I feel like I've learned a lot more about the position at the pro level and um yeah, there's like pros and cons to both. You know, I like center back, but I do think it's stressful, even though you, you got to be really calm back there. So it's kind of like the name of the position. Um, so I don't think I really have a favorite. I think I prefer outside back, but I'm enjoying playing center back and um, kind of learning more as I go. And Sam, you're um, experienced in center back, but have you played other spots on the field as well? the wing she loves to flank <laughs> um no I actually well I did one year in college I played the six holding mid um and that was fine I enjoyed it that was what the team needed so I enjoyed doing that but I definitely think that my favorite position is center back and I think that's what I'm best at so it works out <laughs> she's a solid I'm center a, back such a center back we're talking about uh positions and learning and doing whatever's asked of the team. Um, speaking of the team, it's official. There's some new players that are joining the team in a couple of weeks. Um, some players with some incredible pedigrees. Um, what are your reactions to just the Leon trio that's coming and then uh, Rose Lavelle joining the team uh, very soon? It's 
so exciting just because the environment that you train in every day really is like how you get better. And I think the level we have right now is already ridiculous. We have so many amazing players. And then to add those world-class players that you mentioned, it's going to be, it'll be fun. It's going to be difficult. Training is going to be crazy. As a defender, it's exciting to play against these world-class forwards. You're going to learn a lot. Going to get beat at some point. Going to get humbled. Going to get humbled. I think, you know, as young players, like what more could you ask for? Um, I think, you know, having the opportunity to train and play against these players is going to be just so fun and exciting, but also just really good from a development standpoint. And, you know, yeah, Sam said it best. The environment is going to breed success. So I think the more that we can push each other and challenge each other, not only on an individual basis, but as a team, I think it's only going to make us better for the season. Yeah, we can't imagine just how exciting you guys and all the other uh, younger players on the team are about just, you know, obviously going up to and training along with and against, you know, the likes of Marajan and Laysa Mare, but then also you get to pick their brains about, you know, all the the little things, the nuances as to how they read the game. And then as much as they're learning from you guys about, you know, the NWSL style of play, which at, the, at times is, you know, chaotic. <laughs> Yeah, I think the it will be interesting, you know, to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the style of play in Europe is so different, and I mean, not that's not me speaking from experience. That's me from watching from the outside. Um, and so I think that they'll bring something different to our game and um, what the team has to offer. So I think it's just all positive. Like it can only make us better. Well, ending on perhaps a another fun note. Uh, last time we actually got to chat with Madison, we had a question about which teammates were really skilled that could contribute to an OL Rain band. And we learned something incredible about you, Sam, which is that you have a glow in the dark ukulele. Well, I'm actually honored to be the first one to let you, you guys know that since then I've actually acquired a second ukulele. <laughs> so I have a glow in the dark one and a regular non glow in the dark <laughs> ukulele. Um, I am not very skilled at playing them yet. I have serenaded a couple teammates with um, the good old You Are My Sunshine. Um, but I'm currently working on learning more notes. So I won't be doing a lot of serenading anytime soon. I always start with Madge, though. She's the first one to get private <laughs> ukulele <laughs> concerts in, in the apartment. I'll come around the corner, and she's just strumming. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> is it okay that I'm strumming? Is it, is it too like, loud? Please, like, keep no. strumming. So what is your review of her performances so far? Oh, she is fabulous. I, it is entertainment for days. But, no, it's actually pretty fun. Um, I feel like we kind of, like, trade off. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll play it. And I'll play it and then she'll play what Mads isn't telling you is that she actually is pretty good at playing the ukulele because she is much more musically gifted than I am and played the violin so sometimes after I you know strumming and <laughs> attempting to learn she'll be like oh can I see that for a second and then just actually <laughs> serenade me versus what I was trying to do so yeah we've got a great relationship <laughs> It might be a little bit hard uh, since we're recording this at like, you know, pretty much with daylight still out 
you know, pretty strong. But uh, is it possible we can see the glow in the dark ukulele like either sometime like on a future uh, posters to see it in, you know, in action? Here's the glow in the dark ukulele, not in the dark. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty even not while well, it's not glowing. Right? Yeah. I also, I can't lie. The main reason I got this particular ukulele was because it glowed in the dark. That was the... <laughs> That's a very fair reason. Yeah. I think it's a good way to choose an instrument. And that whether was like, or not it glows that was like week four and a half of knowing this girl. She's like, I'm ordering a glow in the dark ukulele. She's got like Amazon pulled up and I'm like, why? <laughs> what am I in for? <laughs> like someone give me one good reason not to buy this glow in the dark ukulele. And I can't Nobody remember. could. Yeah. yeah. Like, wait, that's a great reason to buy a ukulele. And here we are. She was so committed to it. I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but it ended up being... And when you made that purchase, you had not played a ukulele before. No, I had never played a ukulele. I had never played an instrument before. So it was really square one for me, which really should tell you about Mads' patience and the types of sounds that were originally being made in the apartment <laughs> when I first got it. So we've come a are long you, way. Are you kind of an impulse buyer in general or no? This was kind of, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Madison's face says it all. <laughs> Susie is doing some personality reading. This is a tarot card, bro. <laughs> no, she's just that good of a journalist. Uh, I mean, a little bit. We were at a store yesterday and she almost bought a hedgehog dishwasher cleaner. Again, <laughs> why not? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting exposed. I'm my own roommate. Okay, maybe a little bit. I also, I do like to impulse buy plants. Oh, but I like but, that. That's great. Yeah. Great. So a little bit. We just we didn't will, need the hedgehog. It <laughs> just means you're both like, you're full of it. Like you just got, it's so unpredictable, you know? Yeah. Look it's a fun that. roommate to have. And again, remember when I said she tells me things I need to hear? She said, we don't need the hedgehog dish scrubber. So yeah, see, look, we got these air plants and then we painted these pots. Oh, oh that's so nice. cute. <laughs> Literally us. <clears throat> I'll just share some photos um, for people who, who are only listening to this. <laughs> Is that another thing about uh, 2024? Both of you both have all collected a bunch of us uh, succulents and plants, you know, because that was like the thing to do that everyone did in 2020. We have a lot of plants. We'll just, um, yeah, we'll leave it to that. Uh, <laughs> I would say, at least for me personally, I liked plants before the pandemic hit. And then mm. the pandemic hit, and it's like, what are we going to do? I guess we need to buy another yeah. plant. <laughs> the pandemic escalated it a little bit. Yes. So we encourage that with each other yes. though. Let's get another plant. <laughs> yeah, I think we all, you know, did a lot of things to kind of just pass the time with uh with 2020, you know, people bought plants or learned how to bake multiple types of bread. Um I discovered and appreciated why BTS are so popular with all the with all the free time in my life. <laughs> And then some of us bought glow-in-the-dark ukulele. That really is a judgment-free zone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't judge in this house. No, <laughs> no Susie, it really sounds like uh, Madison and Sam are basically living the life of a sitcom. I mean, you and I could probably think about, could think about you know, all the sitcoms of the 80s and 90s and be like, which one fits them most? We need right? the laugh track in the background, for sure. Yeah, yeah. basically. <laughs> 
they're not wrong. <laughs> so, so what sitcom do you think would uh, basically equate, uh, you know, you two living together and just the adventures you guys uh, get into? I feel like. <laughs> Could you say the beginning of the question again? What's what what sitcom would you say equates to, you know, you two? I'm not really sure. I'm gonna think about. <laughs> um, we're our own brand of sitcom. Yeah, I feel like we, you know, we're the. I don't know. I feel like we have the house where every, we want everyone to come over. Everyone's welcome at all times. <laughs> We're always doing fun things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's a combination of like friends, family matters, some mashup in there. Like we were saying earlier too, we're usually on the same wavelength. So like when one of us is down for an adventure, we both end up going on the adventure. Correct. So very adventures are definitely involved in our sitcoms. <laughs> adventures and friends. Awesome. Well, I um, think this has been a lot of fun. And um, thank you both so much for chatting with us, letting us get to know you a little bit more. Um, but we always leave the end of the podcast for our guests. Um, if you wanted to just give a shout out to OL Rain fans or any family or friends that you think may be listening to this or just want to leave with a little hype for OL Rain. I'll hand it over to you. <laughs> so out of tune. I'm so sorry. To all of our listeners, I'm sorry about that. Um, I strung the ukulele now, so your turn to say something. Oh, man. I would just like to say I'm so grateful that Samantha is my roommate. I don't think I could imagine this any other way. So for all of the OL Rain fans listening, and to my mom, we love you. Um, thanks for supporting us this far in our careers. And hopefully we'll be around for a long time so you can grow with us and have all of the fun with us as well. Well said. <laughs> well, Sam and Madison, once again, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us. You two are welcome to be on the podcast anytime, uh, again, whenever you guys want to. Thank you guys for having us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you.